0: Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is season four, episode ninety-four. It's a nice, cozy fireside chat with myself and Lauren tonight. How are things, Lauren?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Uh, strange day today, but um yeah, I'm I'm glad to get on and talk about football. So we're yeah. we're ever so cl- closer to the the opening kickoff. This time we're next seven, week we'll have seven, seven. Thursday night football. So
0: Yeah. And and poor Joe, his ears must have been burning before the show started because he's already on to us before before we even got things going. <laughs> so, yeah. Joe, I have to talk to you before this show ends. Yeah.
1: Well, Brian, Brian's about to go away in his holy bobs for a week, and he's going off to Italy. Two, so, oh, two, two weeks. weeks. Okay, so yes. you're
0: disappearing off for two weeks. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to make the absolute most of it um unfortunately look we have to start today's episode on a very very somber note um this afternoon i think it's about half two the news broke that gilbrandt unfortunately passed away um anyone who knew gilbrandt had any dealings with gilbrandt um, couldn't speak highly enough of him as a gentleman, as a colleague, as someone who, um, you know, who just gave of his time, gave of his expertise, gave of his knowledge. I've seen some tweets from the likes of Orjay talking about the interactions he had with him, from Brian Broadus, the interactions he had with Gilbrandt. But, Lauren, I'm going to throw it over to you. You know far more about Gilbrandt than I do.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the end of... You know, without him, Tom Landry and Tech Schramm, I mean, the NFL wouldn't be what it is today. I mean, you know, Tech Schramm obviously was responsible for um, helping get the merger between the AFL and the NFL going. So, um, obviously, beat the competition there. Um, There there was something on, um, I think, Pro Football Hall of Fame have got on Twitter. They've got a video at the moment. before Um, Gil Brandt came on the scene as general manager for the Cowboys the the draft consisted of people going out and buying you know Street and Smith I think it was which was like the equivalent of Lindy's or what you Mm. know the draft guides that we all pick up now going in and you know they were actually literally looking through they weren't doing any actual scouting of players so you know you could that that um, issue of straight and smith could have been two three weeks out of date somebody could have been shot and you've already in, in that period intervening period and you go and draft him with your first round pick and you go and find out he's no longer living um mm. you know i there was no and you, you had to try and then integrate him into the team you had no idea what um capabilities they had how athletic they were or anything like that mm. um you know, the NFL Scouting Combine is based on all the change, all the scientific research that Gilbrant brought to it, the whole computing side of things to do the Scouting. Yeah. Um, you know, and just listening today, started with Mick Shots, you know, uh, Everson Walls talking about the experiences with Gilbrant you know, even just the contract, dealing with the contracts as well, because, you know, Tex was tight-fisted with the money, Oh yeah. Uh, Gilbrandt had to be tight-fisted with the money, but, you know, he'd, he'd produce a roll of what you thought was, dollar, yeah, $100 bills, and it turned out to be a roll of dollar bills, <laughs> you know, and that was how they got the guy signed, because they thought, oh, yeah, here, here's a roll of... Oh, I'll take that as a signing bonus, you know, and you find out it's 50 quid or so, it's $50 <laughs> or whatever instead of 500 or whatever. Um, but yeah, and you know, obviously, 28 year, you know, 28 years with the Cowboys, couple mm-hmm. of years prior to that with the 49ers and the Rams, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, he almost had a second career as soon as he was let go by Jerry Jones when Jerry took yeah. over the team you know, the NFL starts up with its its websites, um, you know, the, the NFL network and everything, and Gil finds a second career, which he carried on right through until, you know, literally I think turn of the year, he started to go downhill from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, You know, and you know, he was, you know, he got into the Hall of Fame there a couple of years back, purely bec- more for what he's done in the 20-odd years since, or 20 or 30-odd years since he yeah. left the Cowboys um, because of the, the services that he's done to the draft. Um, yeah. And, you know, just you you and I wouldn't have the same knowledge that we do about the draft if it wasn't for his articles piquing yeah. our interest and then getting us to go off and do other things and look, look for other sources as well. So yeah. um, it really is a sad day.
0: Yeah, like it, I, I think it's Gil came up with most of the testing, um, that we, that, that we now consider as standard in terms of, I, I think the three cone specifically was Gil's, Gil's invention. Yep. Yep. Um, but like Gil was ahead of his time. I think. I, I was reading a book about how Dallas grew and it was a combination of the city growing and the cowboys coming and how everything grew together. And, you know, Gilbrant was one of the first people that used computerised systems for monitoring players and measuring players' abilities and that kind of stuff. You know, I think they said, you know, they used to print out pay- hundreds and hundreds of pages and that kind of stuff. And eventually it was Gil that built, say, some of the very early prototype um scouting reports and that kind of stuff and standardized the, the whole thing you know so his his legacy will live on through the draft for sure
1: yeah definitely
0: so as i say just take a moment and as i say um our thoughts and prayers do go out to the family of gilbrantz So beyond that, it has been quite an eventful week, Lauren, in Cowboys Nation. It has um, started,
1: starting from Friday night. I mean <laughs> before, <laughs> Yeah. My my jaw hit the floor when the when the announcement came through over um I think it was I think it was the Cowboys at, no, it was NFL.com that actually yeah. let yeah. it slip and you know um you thought really? You know, and I—I'd literally—I'd—I'd I'd been texting one of my friends early in the week, and I'm, you know, he's a 49ers fan, and I'm sort of, you know, so so you're not even you—you you, you give up three first-round picks and a third-round pick to to have yeah. him as your third string, and then the next thing we're giving up a fourth round. Which, the more I think about it, it's—it's it's a great deal for us, as far as I'm concerned. I mean. We had a sec- supposedly we had a second round talent a marker on him yeah. going into the draft. We certainly wouldn't we wouldn't have given up three first round picks for it. Um, mm. But you know, he's he's, he's he did did enough actually. I mean, you know, obviously, um, again, Gridiron Magazine last year they they went with their headline cover that this was the year's Trey Lance. Um, mm. Perhaps perhaps I see a, you know that it's a new curse um to 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 be weary of but um yeah you know he, he's certainly got some athletic talent. Now he was drafted way too way too far ahead and you know yeah. I'm sure the forty ers when you when you look at the list of players that were drafted um after Trey Lance was that year yeah and you got your Micah Parsons, you've got your um <coughs> your uh Devonte oh, Smith Devontae Smiths and everything. Yeah. I mean you know, even, even at the moment, you'd probably say Matt Jones, you got more, you know, New England got Mac, more out of Matt Jones than yeah. you know, they did with, um, but I think, you know, it should be good if, if nothing else, I don't think there's any, uh, there's going to be any QB controversy that, you know, yeah. this is spelling the end of Dak or anything like that, but, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's almost like for me when Jerry and Jimmy took on the took on the Cowboys, and they took Troy Aikman with the first round pick. They then yeah. used a f- supplemental pick on Steve Walsh. Yes, you know they had both of them working together. They they developed both of them, and then they flipped Steve Walsh for a couple of picks, which mm-hmm. they built the dynasty. If you can do yeah. that again, and I and again you know. You can't say that, um, you know. Yeah, Will Greer then goes out and plays plays his like mm. his part out on the Saturday, but yeah. you hadn't seen it from him earlier in the in the preseason. Um, yeah, you know. So years before. Uh huh. So if you were if you were thinking of carrying three QBs. Um, which I mean, initially, I was thinking this time last week, I was thinking, no, we'll only have two QBs on the roster, mm-hmm. we won't use because I mean, we've had to cut down players and we'll get on yeah. to the cuts. But yeah. we've had to cut players that we've subsequently then lost, and you know, we'll be ruined the day that we've lost them. But, um, yeah, as soon as that came through, I'm going, right, okay, we're definitely going with three Q- quarterbacks then, um, yeah, you know, and Worst comes to worst, I'm sure we'll get something out of him if if he's required to play. It's just yeah. the whole thing of how much you're going to be able to develop him this year because, mm. yeah, he'll take scout team reps when you're going up against J- Jalen Hurts or, you know, if, yeah. if we ever have to face somebody like Lamar Jackson or something, a, a mm. scrambling QB, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Justin Fields, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. But other than that, you know, the, the majority of the snaps go to Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush gets the scraps and then you get the odd bit for, for Trey Lance. So I think this is more it's gonna be more an off season thing. If every, if everything goes well this is going to be more an off season development thing. Um, yeah.
0: like if 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 we look at us in terms of as you said, Rice look at, I know someone did a Twitter thing and basically said, here's the history of that pick and who who was picked. And you had Micah Parsons, Devontae Smith, and there was one other person, I can't remember who it was. And that's, what, that's what's gone on. As you say, the 14 ers to give up three first-rounders, a third-rounder, and they gave up on him inside of two years. The warning signs were there with Trey Lance. I think he's played something like eight hundred snaps since he went to college. He'd very he'd very few snaps well, he, in college and then very few in his two seasons with forty ers
1: Yeah, I think I think actually there's there's some sort of stat that he's only actually passed something like four hundred and twenty attempts in college yeah. and the pros. Yeah. Um, you know, and God knows what he did in in his high school because yeah. I, I think they were saying it was something like six hundred snaps between mm. middle school and mm. um, the pros. So I mean, he, he's really not not being tested at all. He's not been able to develop or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and and yet, obviously, the Forty Nineers saw something that they loved, thought they could, thought they could. Get something out of it, um, you know. But they overpaid for it. They yeah. they've ended up being a bit of a laughing stock for it. Al- mm. Albeit, I mean, y- y- you could say they they did very well a couple of years prior to that, where yeah the bear the, the shafted the bears to, for the bears to move up and yeah um, you know the bears could bears could have taken Pat Mahomes and yeah you know we we could have been looking at the bears. Uh, on a run of Super Bowl victories, <laughs> you know, but e- equally, I mean, that might that might just have been the system that he was in. If Trey, if Trey Lance had gone to Kansas City or something like that, mm. could, would that system be better for them? So,
0: yeah. Um, um, I know a lot of people in Cowboys Nation weren't happy about this this trade. I mean, I know in our own group chat. Mike was he was apoplectic almost about this you know and I I can understand it a lot of people have said look they just don't see the player with him but if a team has given up as we said three draft round picks there must be something a team saw in them there must be something that the Joneses have seen that it they've said look it's a fourth round pick and Mike's point was: look at the value we've got out of fourth round picks, in terms of Dak Prescott, Dalton Schultz, yeah, um, Jake Ferguson last year. You know, you're not going to get that next season. But you know, as Paul always says, and as Trey Lance has highlighted, the draft is a lottery.
1: Yeah, and 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 again, a lot of people are saying, "No, oh, well, we overpaid by giving a fourth round pick." Mm. By all all accounts, there was four or five other teams on. Um, They were all offering fifth round picks. We didn't have a fifth round pick. And even if we did have a fifth round pick, all being well, you would be hoping that it would be tail end of the fifth round. So, you know, if if it's somebody like uh, Chicago that came towards them Obviously, you're predicting Chicago aren't going to be that good this year, so yeah. that that fifth would be closer to a fourth round pick. Yeah. Um, you know, G- Jerry was on the phone. He really, you know, without tipping his hand, he he didn't want to come off that phone, and the, therefore had to had to flip that fourth round pick, and they had to do it without yeah. actually consulting. Uh, Mike McCarthy, McCarthy yeah. or Dak, Pro- Dak Prescott which a lot of people yeah. again that, that, that's had a lot of people's back up about that but um yeah. you know Mike, Mike McCarthy was in on the draft meetings back in two, 2021 when they were yeah. when they were assessing the talent they came up with the fact that it was the second round grade that they had on him so if you mm-hmm. can get him for a fourth round pick you know and you know, a fourth round pick's next to nothing, realistically. Yeah. And you can't you know, you can afford to burn that. Um, especially if you do we do think this is a very talented ball club that we've got. So
0: yeah. Um like if you if you flip back to the, the draft the most recent draft, the Cowboys had said they wanted to come out of this draft with a quarterback. Yeah. And Unfortunately, they didn't get one. They didn't pick up one through um, undrafted free agents. They've now brought in, as we say, Trey Lance. They have not for two years to make an assessment on whether he's good enough. Um, You know, what? what is your projection for Trey Lance? Do you think he sticks around? Do you think they might move on from him after the season or you know, what would what be your own outlook on us?
1: I th- I think eventually, you know, they'll, they'll look to move on from Cooper Rush, to be honest. Yeah. I think yeah. um, you'll probably see Trey Lance gets elevated to number two at some point. Yeah. Um, but, you know, w- w- I certainly don't see us exercising his fifth year option at the end of the year, because obviously that then means that his fifth year... We do have that option there, but... Um, you're not going to do it sight unseen effectively. Um, yeah. So the the only way you're going to exercise that is if he he gets called into a game and he absolutely balls out and we've got the next we've got the next coming of Tom Brady or uh, Pat Mahomes mm. or something like that. Um. I think again again. See what you've got next off season. You know, again, it's it's a five million dollar cap charge next year as well yeah. pretty much all of it's guaranteed i think yeah. uh, because he's a first round pick so again it it's something that you can cope with especially if you look around the league at the moment a lot of the the seasoned veteran number two qbs in this league are making that four or 5 million dollars to be the clipboard holder yeah. um yeah. you know and they make a nice career out of being a clipboard holder, you know. <laughs> I'd love to get
0: paid something like that just to hold a clipboard. Um, I mean, who is it? Is it Brian Hoyer or Josh McCown have made yep. multi-millions, have played very little in the NFL? Yeah, there's
1: their their kids don't necessarily need to worry about ever having to get a job. You know, they could obviously <laughs> live, live off the interest in, yeah. in the bank accounts, you know. But... Um,
0: yeah. It's, and just, J- Joe ha- did have a comment here. I just wanted to talk through it before before we got to it. And of course, folks, if you do have comments, make sure to put them in to us. Um, we could use Trey Lance like the Saints use Taysom Hill. Do you think that's a possibility that they, they might have a certain sub-package or a couple of plays where they could bring in? Trey Lance, do you think they might use him in a goal line situation because over the last two seasons we've seen Dak not move as much in goal line situations so maybe Trey Lance comes in there.
1: I would say in order for that to happen you need to promote him to number two and you need to put Cooper Rush down because the the whole um, emergency quarterback thing that they've got this year is that you know, number one and number two need to have gone down injured before number three can come in. If yeah. you're if you're going by the, he's not one of your forty six. Now you can have to activate all three QBs as part of your forty six. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about that role. Um. But you know, if if you want to do the bit where he's an inactive but he's he's dressed ready yeah. in case somebody's in it, it, the two two in front of him get injured. Then you can't you can't just suddenly bring him on for for running fourth quarter or quarterback sneaks or anything like that. Yeah. So um, it, it's 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 taking up a roster spot on the game day roster. Um, yeah. If you if you're going to do anything with him, certainly he's got the athleticism that you you could use him as a scrambling quarterback. You could do something like the. Um, Oh god, I've, the the formation's just gone there. Um, yeah, wildcat. That's it. That's oh wildcat. yeah, you can yeah. have a wildcat formation or something like that, and that gives you an extra yeah. element uh, to challenge it. But um, you know, I, I, again, the, this whole thing with the third QB is is the sticking point on that. So you'd you'd obviously you'd have to go with Trey Lance, sit Cooper Rush, and have him as the emergency QB, yeah. um, and. I think at the moment, because because obviously he is on a new team, he doesn't know the he doesn't know the playbook yeah. has yet at the moment. Um, that would that would give a lot of uh, consternation for a lot of fans at the moment.
0: Yeah. So if we move on from from the Trey Lance scenario um and talk about the game against the Seahawks on Saturday night, so Will Greer was told on Friday he was The, the Raiders,
1: you mean?
0: Sorry, the Raiders. I don't know why. <laughs> Will Greer was told on Friday, you're being cut, but we're going to allow you to audition for the other 31 teams. And to be fair to Will Greer, he balled out and has made, made a roster spot with the Bengals.
1: Yes. I, and I, I think as well, I mean, you know, obviously it goes to show the the relationship that Will Greer's had with Dak Prescott, because, you know, much mm-hmm. was made that Dak Prescott was actually offensive coordinator that night yeah. and calling the place. Dak Prescott put Will Greer in a position to audition for the, the 31 other teams. Yeah, And, you know, Will Greer certainly owes Dak Prescott a, a, you know, a couple of drinks, if nothing else. <laughs> um, you know, that certainly got him on another roster anyway. Yeah. And potentially as well with Joe Burrow being injured, there's a good chance that you know Will Greer yeah. is going to be getting called up uh, on a weekly basis or whatever, if yeah. if need be as well. So um, and, and may end up actually on their fifty three three man roster as well. So yeah. Um, um, but yes, I mean Dak's play calling skills, you know. He he got this offense moving. You know, thirty-one mm-hmm. points. Yeah. you can say this. You can say this off-season, and I know the last time I was on a couple of weeks ago, Graham was bemoaning the fact that um, you know we weren't playing our starters and then mm. everything like that. But if nothing else, Dak, and you know, again, when Dak was injured last year, Dak was saying yeah. by standing on the sideline and seeing how everything was going from the sideline. That yeah. was giving them a greater appreciation of the offensive game plan. Yeah. Maybe by him being an offensive coordinator for at least a preseason game, again, he put Will Greer in the position. He put the whole offense in the position. I mean, yeah. how, uh, talking about people that are due um, Dak Prescott drinks, I think Hunter Lutke, uh yeah. certainly is, is due him a few because he played himself on the roster. Um Malik Davis had a fairly good game as well, but you know, yeah. obviously, um, uh, that's got him back on the practice squad. Yeah. Um, obviously, there was no no chance of him taking uh, uh, Dallo's place or whatever. But um, no, it's. Um. Uh,
0: Speaking speaking of of Dak and the play calling that he made, you know, and again Joe Joe was coming in with the comment, he made Kellen Moore look like an idiot calling plays. <laughs> I I think I, I think you're being slightly generous there, Joe, but I, I, I do get the point because there was a lot of frustration for people. And I think it really began mid twenty twenty one. You know that that Kellen Moore's offense stuttered when it matter mattered, and you know it's great that that did what he did on Saturday night. But let's see how it goes when it matters, when it's a driving cold, rain and snowing night up in that city up north, or if it's out in the Bay Area when it really yep. matters. You know.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think you know that uh, I've I've listened to a few podcasts and a lot of people are saying that Moore is one of these guys that you know it, and it hark- harks back to the the YouTube clip that you're seeing with John Gruden where he goes through all the plays that he did at uh, Boise State. Yeah. Um, you know he has all the tools and he has all the ideas. Just doesn't know how to formulate it into a game plan. So yeah. that is why the Cowboys' offense—you know—you were seeing the Hulk packages, you were seeing intricacies, yeah. but you were seeing great plays, and then you were seeing a stalling and everything like yeah. that. Can he? Can he take his uh, what Mike McCarthy's tried to install in them the last couple mm-hmm. of years? Can he take that to uh to? Los uh, Angeles. Angeles. I was about to say yeah. San Diego, but Los Angeles. And yeah. <laughs> actually, you know, can he develop his his game plan there um, yeah. with a with a whole different cast as well? And uh, again, you know, he. We've seen more this year where Kavonte Turpin has been integrated into this offense. Last mm-hmm. year. Everybody was saying great. He's made the roster for uh, for a special teams side of things. You should be able mm-hmm. to use him, Lucky Whitehead style. Yeah, and we never did. He he literally was on the field for a handful of offensive plays, and it was mm-hmm. mostly decoys that he was there. Um, you know, and it it almost was like, yeah, great. You you've given me somebody during training camp. I've got no idea how to use him. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'll try and fit him in, but I can't guarantee I'm going to use him, and I don't have the trust of him. Um, yeah. you know, this year they've been able to bring that in, and whether that's Mike McCarthy being able to talent talent um understand the talent of Avanti Turpin or whatever, yeah. and that's something maybe Kellen Moore doesn't have the ability to do. But um, I I do the way we have moved this offense in preseason, with second and third strings and fourth strings, I do feel that the offence is going to be better. I have some positivity about this offensive mm-hmm. uh, team.
0: I'm very good. Um, was there anything else in the game on Saturday night that stood out to you? Was there anyone who kind of said, yeah, I'm definitely coming back? And you need you know who who made their money and who didn't make their money this past Saturday?
1: Well, I th- I think as well. I mean, if if you'd asked me last week to do a fifty-three, I would have said that, you know, Gallimore was gone and Bahana was on this squad. I mm-hmm. think that failed um this weekend as well. I think Gallimore obviously realized that, you know, this is his last chance and again perhaps he should be auditioning for the 31 other teams, he played yeah. himself on the roster where Bahana didn't, and at the mm-hmm. moment I don't think Bahana's been picked up anywhere.
0: No, <laughs> not, that I, not, um, that I, not that I've seen.
1: And again, you know, I think Isaac Alakon hasn't, you know, never got picked up as well, so he's he's now looking elsewhere now. I, know, I do know that um, shortly after we picked him up, uh, three, four years ago the Calgary Stampeders had actually um, mm-hmm. drafted him in their international draft as well so they hold yeah. the rights, so maybe maybe he's going up north um, yeah. in which case he needs a nice set of warm clothes and... He'll his thermals Yep, yep, definitely
0: so. so, coming along then, and look, Tuesday was cut day and um, before, be, be, before the majority of the cuts were made, we got the very surprising move again from this front office. Graham's old pal, Kelvin Joseph, was <laughs> traded to the Miami Dolphins for cornerback Noah Igben, the Igbenogany. Yep. I knew I'd get it wrong. <laughs> knew when the lights came it's... on it was going to be screwed up.
1: <laughs> Noah Iggy. As we could, Higgy,
0: yep. I'm just going to call him Noah. Yep. <laughs> but, again, the Cowboys front office went out, made a move. And it's one thing we've given the front office an awful lot of crap about for the last number of years is you're not making trades, you're not going out, you're not making anything happen. In this off-season, they went out and got Brandon Cooks. They went out and got Stefan Gilmore. They went out and got Trey Lance. They've now gone and flipped a first rounder for a yeah. second rounder. You know they've made moves. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the, the, there's
1: one thing you can say is that yeah, it's a first rounder that you're getting, but realistically, mm-hmm. it was t- at the I think it was the 30th pick or something like that. So in yeah. actual fact, it's <coughs> it is it's literally it's. It's a second rounder for a second rounder. You've mm-hmm. not used. You've not got any conditional draft picks tied in with this. Mm-hmm. You're you're getting a guy that's had more experience, one years more experience in the league. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, you know Kelvin Joseph. You were seeing improvement of him within the middle of the field, but you know with the the activation of Jordan Lewis from Pop. Um, mm-hmm and the wrong Land being on the team yeah. the middle of the field, again, barring injury, is, is you know, pretty secure. So you weren't yeah. going to see Kelvin Joseph. This Noah Iggy is actually um, better on the outside of the field, yeah. which, again, is giving you the backup so that if you've got injury problems, touch with you don't. But mm-hmm. you can get him on the field, and he's got a better... Idea. He seems to be, from what I understand, he's more of a sort of Byron Jones type of cornerback, In that he's yeah. he's good at sticking to players, but he's got no instincts from about the ball coming towards him or yeah. anything like that. So he's yeah. he's more about being secure, make the tackle, um, mm-hmm. try and limit try and limit the catches. But you know, you're not going to get eleven interceptions a season out of no. him, Trayvon no. Diggs style. Um and I, and again it you know it, perhaps again a different scheme for him Dan Quinn Dan Quinn scheme yep. Strike Gold you know we we didn't expect that we'd have anything with Jerome Curse when we signed him a couple of years ago and now you know everybody wants him so and you know again perhaps there's there's more to necessitate the Kelvin Joseph trade perhaps there was more issues that we don't know about. Yeah. Off the field, um, you know, obviously the, the, the Cowboys have, been, you know, a security officers who keep, keep wind of things that are happening, um, yeah. talk to the players, get psychological uh, advice about players as well. And maybe that's necessitated the trade, thinking that he's maybe better off somewhere else. Uh, having said that, Miami is a bit of a party town, so um, mm-hmm. you know is is that going to be a good thing, place for him to go? I don't know, but um, I I, 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 would imagine, <laughs> I would
0: imagine I would imagine Bossman Fat is going to be releasing a new album very shortly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, if we look at obviously across Monday and Tuesday, the roster cut down happened. It went from. I think we had eighty nine, went down to the fifty three, and there have been a couple of moves since then. So Matt Willetsko and the Sean Wright have gone to A or, sorry, yep. I and that allowed us to bring back Tuma Adoga and Trent Sieg, who were both vested veterans, and that we they didn't have clear waivers. We were able to bring them back onto the, onto the team.
1: Yeah, and you've got you've got. Um... Uh, uh, CJ Goodwin, he's he's back on the practice squad, he'll yeah. be in elevation as well yeah. um, we're obviously we were at 89 because obviously Ronald Jones goes straight to the suspension list, so yeah. again that's an extra player we get to carry for a couple of weeks before and because it's a PED he still gets to train with the team so mm-hmm. he's not losing anything, albeit again he's been injured some of the pre-season yeah. as well, so he's he's behind um <coughs> he's behind and everything so you know we may have to we may release him in a couple of weeks time whens when, when yeah. he becomes a, a a regular 53 again but um yeah. or or we have to account for that um I, again if if taking taking a chance on all these young running backs it's, it doesn't work, you can cut yeah. one of them and try and get them back on the practice squad and you've got Ronald Jones to go again
0: um, Yeah. So if we kind of take a look at it, we we'll, we'll kind of break it down I suppose by the skill positions first, so you know your quarterback room was pretty set once the Trey Lance trade was made, the running back room, Tony Pollard, Rico Dowdle Deuce Vaughan and Hunter Lukey all came yep. in, and then your wide receiving room, Michael Gallup, Jalen Brooks, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Talbert, C.D. Lamb, and Cavanti Turpin. Yeah, And then you have your, your three tight ends, Ferguson, Shoemaker, and Henderson.
1: Yeah, and I, I think the only surprise there for me, I mean, obviously I did put in our group chat, I put the my predicted 53, and I had said that mm. we were we were going to go three tight ends. We were going to go yeah. three running backs and a fullback. Yeah. Um, my surprise is that we still kept, You know, I thought we might have tried keeping Jalen Brooks, but I was going to go five wide receivers purely for for the fact that you needed depth on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I thought we were going to at least have ball on there for a bit before. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought we would have put him on to IR to return rather than season-ending IR. I'm I'm a bit surprised yeah. at that. I mean, obviously, maybe they've had the, the they they had an MRI and they've said it's actually probably going to be longer than the eight weeks that they were talking yeah. about for for doing that. But because um, it does seem surprisingly that you know you've brought Juma Adoga back as well. Because yes, he's experienced, but I didn't see a lot of him out of training camp. Admittedly, mm. again, you're only seeing it training camp live, but um, yeah, uh, you you didn't see a lot out of him, and you didn't see him playing in any preseason games as well. So you're literally going on the fact that he's played two or three years with the Jets and mm. um, ended up on a roster, and he's he's almost the the Cameron Irving, the Cameron Fleming. Um, that <laughs> veteran, veteran presence,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't think there was many surprises. I suppose Rico Dowdle, Malik Davis, it was always going to be one or the other. Yep. And Dowdle seemed to fit the mold. And he was a little bit different. We've got Davis back to the practice squad, as you say. Jalen Brooks was a bit, maybe a small surprise, but. They went They went long at receiver, and they, then if we flip it inside and you kind of jumped onto it in terms of the offensive line, they went short at offensive line.
1: They did. I mean, guys like Farniok, um, yeah. Hoffman went for a bit, Lindstrom went, went as well. So yeah. you're literally, uh, you know, you're potentially looking at Zach Martin being, if if you needed a centre, Yeah, move Zach Martin into centre. And, you know, Zach Martin talks about how he doesn't want to play tackle. He doesn't want to be shifted around the line. But at one point, that's what you were looking at. Mm. Um, And, you know, I thought we would at least carry the couple more offensive linemen, you know, and try to to manipulate the numbers that way. I thought Farniok, you know, again, listening to uh, Brian Broaddus and all that, a lot of these guys, you saw more from them last year mm-hmm. and they seem to have recessed a little bit. And now, yeah. again, is that a different offensive line coach? You know, is this the, the move from Philbin, as as much as we maligned Joe Philbin last year at yeah. points, um, was he better at developing the younger talent than Mike Solari is? Um, yeah. You know, do, do we have concerns about this offensive line in terms of the oh, almost going back to sort of Paul Alexander, the Cincinnati coach that we brought in who lasted five five weeks? And yeah, um, you know, we then moved on from that. Um, I hope that's not the case, but um, yeah, th- there did seem to be a regression from a lot of these guys this year, yeah. Um, and and again, half of these guys have been working with Duke many weather as well during the the off season. The off season. So it's not a case of anything uh, different from that point of view. You know, again, we, you know, we we build up Duke as well, um, but you know, we, we've seen a change in in everything that's happening with this offensive line. So uh, yeah. with the young, with the younger guys. So
0: and um, like I suppose the the. Maybe the biggest surprise in terms of the offense was TJ Bass managed to stick around, but then he did develop all through the off season.
1: I think I think he did, and I mean towards the end of that um, the Raiders game, I mean he was he was pulling lights out as well. So yeah, um, and especially I mean Josh Ball, you know at some point he picked up that soft tissue injury yeah. during the game. Became a non-factor. I I know Graham I, I had a bad thing about Josh Ball still this off season. I've actually seen I've seen progression from him this this training camp. Yeah, and I can see why we've kept him on the roster even though yeah. you you've put into IR and that means he, you know, that's him off. You know, he's on the team but he's actually off the team. He can't train with the team now. He can only do rehab by being on yeah. season-ending IR. Um, so you're not going to be able to give him a chance to actually interact, develop, yeah. or anything like that. So you're, you're going to be back to square one almost again next season. Yeah. Um. But I had seen progression with him. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ Bass, I thought, I'd, you know, by the end of training camp, he, he really actually probably was one of the stars of training camp along yeah. that offensive line. And I, again, it probably, you know, again, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Zach Martin holding out, he's probably benefited the most from the fact that Zach Martin was out because he's, yeah. you know, the, the snaps have trickled down to him and mm. he, he's been able to get practice and he's been able to show his abilities and, you know, he's he's ended up on this stuff. And I yeah. think, you know, it, it, if you lose one guy on our offensive line and you have to plug in somebody like TJ Bass, and you do still have a Tyler Smith, Tyler Biadish, Tyrant mm-hmm. Steele, Zach Martin, and if it's Tyron Smith that's gone down, then you could plug TJ Bass in. Yeah. And you've got four guys who are very strong and they can help with yeah. the weaker guy. Um, yeah. And this offensive line will still work. So um,
0: um and I suppose the, the the question everyone in Cowboys Nation is gonna have Lauren it's not a question of if it's when Tyron Smith goes down. Do you think they have in seam Richards a player who can slot in at left guard and we push Tyre back out to left tackle?
1: I th- I think, he, I, think I think you could go either way on that. I think you could yeah. you could actually see him as tackle as well. I mean they've used. Yeah. I think the I think you're probably looking at especially with Willatsko now being on uh, mm-hmm. uh, the IR, IR to yeah. return. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you're probably looking that you're going to see Richards probably be your swing tackle, mm-hmm. um, and. You know, I, I again, he's developed as the games as it's gone on. Um yeah. I I did say that you know when we when we were when we went through the draft process with him, that you know every, everybody that we drafted was supposedly about developing the running game. Um, yeah. But I seen Richards actually when they showed the highlights and everything like that, it was always pass protection that they were showing. Yeah. Yeah. And he was actually one of the better pass protectors in this yeah. league. Um, so I did think that was interesting. But again, as this off season's as this training camp's going on, you've seen things out of him in the preseason games where he is actually raw around the edges. But you know, he it it's clicking for him, and it's just the more yeah. reps he gets, the the better he'll be. And it, again. Give him another off season, uh, you know. Give him an off season, and again he could be ready to go. And you know, if we move on from Tyron, you move Tyler out to tackle next year, and you you switch a Richards into a guard or something like that. Mm-hmm. You, yeah, he's got he's got that position flex that you know is yeah. so required around this league.
0: Yeah. Like I mean, I what what I saw most in the off season was broader saying, "I seen Richards as a left tackle, and that's what the Cowboys have gotten him in for." But I'm I, I'm 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 going to give everybody my pet cat now. Lauren already knows where this is what what I'm talking about. So two years ago, I was on the Tyler Linderbaum train. That was all I wanted for yep. Christmas. And they didn't give it to me. They never give me what I want. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to call it now, folks. If you haven't seen it, get watching tape of Joe Alt from Notre Dame. He is their starting left tackle. I saw him in the flesh on Saturday evening here in Dublin. And he is a very, very impressive player. He's one of the Notre Dame captains. He's playing at left tackle, but what I saw a lot from him was that he was pulling and switching into left guard as well. He was opening up massive holes, so that's my left tackle of twenty for the twenty twenty four draft class. That's my first round draft pick. Right? Okay. <laughs> so that's what you've I'm manifesting. That. You've you've heard it here
1: first, guys.
0: Yeah. There we go. We're not e- we're not even into season five, and I've already told you who I want for the draft. <laughs> but if we flip it over, obviously onto the defensive side of the ball, um, along uh, uh, along the trenches, we have Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, and Viliami Fajoko, Junior Fajoko, I think is is, yep. is the correct terminology. Uh, Micah Parsons, Darnell Armstrong, and Dante Fowler. That's your 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 six um, edge rushers. You have Mazzie Smith and Jonathan Hankins, also Diggy Zewa, Neville Gallimore and Chauncey Goldston. Yep. You kind of mentioned it earlier, you were surprised or maybe Gallimore made his money on Saturday night and Quinton Bohanna is gone. Is there any of the rest of those 11 players that you were surprised stuck around or disappointed they weren't cut?
1: No I th- I think generally y- you know obviously I was thinking that it was going to be Bahana over Gallimore yeah. but Gallimore yeah. did better in that last game. Yeah. The, the obviously the, the big loss for us I think is Isaiah Land. Um he's now yeah. he's now been picked up by the Colts I think it is. Yeah, it is um, yeah. And that that's the big loss for us as far as I'm concerned. But, I mean, obviously, you know, as you say there, we've got six six uh, edge rushers at the moment. So mm-hmm. um, you were all... We've been saying, again, all off-season, all training camp, that, you know, the defensive side of the ball is probably going to be where the personnel were having their biggest arguments about who to cut mm-hmm. down. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, it's certainly... It, it was probably going to cause a lot of them a few sleepless nights. Who they who they were going to cut because you were going to get you were going to cut guys that you know even if they hadn't seen the field that much they were going to get picked up elsewhere, and that just yeah. goes to show by by land going elsewhere. So yeah,
0: like I think Isaiah Land was one of the few people that was actually picked up on waivers. Yep, and so he'd have, he definitely did well there. In terms of our linebackers, this is an extremely thin batch of linebackers in that we have Leighton Van Der Esch, Devin Harper and Damone Clark are our linebackers. And I think um, it's Mark Bell is also designated as a linebacker. Yeah. Even though he's a as,
1: as, safety. As, as soon as Oversham went down um Bell was moved into that sort of roving yeah. linebacker that um yeah. you overshone had obviously been schemed up for as well. But um I, I I was kind of surprised there. I mean obviously we've moved on from Jabril Cox and Jabril Cox is yeah. now with the you know he's he's going to join the John Ridgeway with the commanders as well. So yeah. <laughs> um and I see Ron Rivera has actually come out and said that Jabril Cox is a um an athlete, to, you know, he's he's an athlete. He's got athletic proportions and all that, you know. He's yeah, you know, he's he's almost uh, bigging him up and everything like that. They'll they'll probably cast him off after a couple of weeks once they've got notes on the Cowboys <laughs> game plan for yeah um, <coughs> everything. Um, but I was kind of surprised that Jabril Cox with with the with the injury to. Over mm-hmm. Sean. I thought we would, you know, that allowed Gabriel Cox to stay on the squad, but um, yeah. obviously they've they've decided to go another way. Perhaps they were hoping somebody would become available as well yeah. um, that they could pick up, but um, as yet nobody has that really caught their eye anyway. And yeah. you've obviously you've brought uh, Malik Jefferson back on the practice squad as well, but I mean yeah. he he was dealing with an injury as well. Jim preseason, so yeah.
0: Um. And as as DJ Dog says here, in terms of Marqueski Bell, Donovan Wilson, and Juanier Thomas can all play nickel linebacker, and I mean that's that's a huge trait in the Dan Quinn system. Is these guys can flex in and out. You know, I think like. You could also throw Jaron Curse in there into the mix. I mean, he's played as close to the line as anything when we're, yeah. when we're in those three safety sets.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, if you if you look at the Cowboys' defence last year, Barr was hardly ever on the field. Um, mm. You know, we were playing three safeties, and yeah. one of those safeties was close to the line, almost as a roving linebacker. So, yeah. um, you know, Dan Quinn doesn't and, and I mean this with the way the league is now that you are ER three, four wide receiver sets, you mm-hmm. very rarely line up in a base four-three defense yeah. with with a, a proper strong side linebacker this like Kyle Wilbur that we had a couple of years back. Yeah. So, but it'll be interesting to see. You know, obviously there was um little things that they they were toying with, like having LVE as a as a pass rusher as well. Yeah. Um that maybe by not having Overshawn on the field, that maybe gets put put in the filing cabinet for next year or something
0: like yeah. that. Yeah. Um because I think I think that was the one plan with um with Overshawn was that he was going to be that spy yeah. that kinda, of, you know, in terms of Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones, and whoever is playing quarterback for um for the commanders this year that, mm-hmm. that he was going to be you know over and back that kind of sideline to sideline but has the ability to see everything and you know as you say it was gonna allow Micah Parsons but but also L V E to be in those decimated pass rush positions if needed. Yep. If we flip it outside then to our cornerback so we have Gilmore Eric Scott, Trayvon Diggs, Noah Benogany, Jordan Lewis, and Ron Bland. I think that's a pretty solid cornerback room.
1: It is. I mean, if you if you look at the starting four or what you would expect to be the starting four, you know, uh, white uh, quarterback comes to the line, he goes right. Wait a minute, I've got Stephen Gilmore one side, I've got Trayvon Diggs the other. Let's go to the inside, guys. Oh, wait a minute, I've got De'Ron Bland, who led the team with five interceptions last year. <laughs> go to the other one. Oh, wait, that's Jordan Lewis, who always seems to have a hand on the ball as well and is actually probably, as a blitzing blitzing cornerback as well, probably has mm-hmm. the best chance of getting home as well. Yeah. Um. You know, this is this is certainly, you know, it gives us a good secondary. Um, yeah. Particularly up front, and the, these guys, um, in in terms of tackling the weakest weakest link, probably is Trayvon Diggs. Gilmore yeah. certainly willing to get in with it. Bland's willing to get in with it, and you know Jordan Lewis certainly makes tackles as well. So yeah, um, it, it it looks a really good secondary this year, both yeah. the cornerbacks and the safeties as well.
0: So. Yeah. And then, as as you, you, you've you alluded to, if we do look at the safeties, I mean, you've done Wilson, Jaron Curse, markeski Bell, Malik Coker, Israel Mukwamu, and Ye Thomas. I mean, yep. I can't remember, and, you know, some of the tweets I've seen from people is, I can't believe we have that much depth at safety.
1: I know, and even so, yeah, okay, we've signed big con we've signed some of the guys to contracts this off season, mm-hmm. but you would still say that we haven't gone out and put major resources into this secondary mm-hmm. the way yeah. that we were probably screaming for it a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um but we're where where a couple of years ago we were constantly bemoaning that this was a weakness of the team, it's actually a strength because we have while we haven't put the financial resources in, we've actually managed to get players that fit this scheme. Yeah. Dan Quinn knows how to get the best out of them, and yeah. you know we've got an embarrassment of riches there. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. And um, if we take a second just to look at our specialists like Brian Brian Anger, Brandon Aubrey, and Trent Sieg, I mean. I'm not going to lie, I was surprised Aubrey has got the job. I thought all off-season McCarthy was going to see what he had and was going to go back to Mason Crosby, and he didn't.
1: Yeah, it, it is a bit interesting. I thought as soon as, you know, you've only had two two field goal attempts re- realistically i mean yeah i think he, he's actually attempted three field goals this preseason. um obviously missed the the first 59 yarder um yeah. and then he but but again what we hadn't seen in training camp they hadn't tested them in anything mm-hmm. past 50 yards um they, they got him Confident with doing the thirty forty yards at yeah. um, Oxnard, and certainly as soon as you got rid of caeno you know he did settle down and he did improve. And I th- yeah. While he yeah, there was always at least one kick that he missed in practice. He was making ninety percent of the kicks, yeah. um, and you know he certainly kick off kick off wise. He's been able to kick out the back of the end zone, which yeah. is what you want. You don't. You don't want to risk this new role with the, the fair catch within the twenty five. You're gonna get somebody who will still attempt to bring it out and you're you're yeah. just thinking, oh yeah, he's gonna fair catch and you know the, the special teams are gonna take the, the play off almost. Um yeah. but he's got that leg and just seeing him come back on the field Welly the ball, and you know the the fifty nine yarder that he made um, could have gone for another th- four or five yards as well. So yeah. you you're, you're probably talking about again a sixty three yarder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just look at again this time last year we were we were saying oh we should have drafted Cade York. Well, Cade York's um, free at the moment. Yeah, um, you know. It, Cameron Dicker last year he moved around three four teams he's now with San Diego uh, yeah I did Chargers. it Chargers yeah the <laughs> Los Angeles um you know and you know even Nick Nick Folk was up on the market this year as well so yeah and Brett Maher has been uh, released from Denver because they moved on as well so um, yeah. It, Every everybody was moving around, so um, yeah. you know there are plenty of kickers out there. I don't think he's got the job sewn up for the entirety of the season, but this might be like Dan Bailey, th- the first year of Dan Bailey, where you know Dan Bailey was on a shugley peg, um, yeah. and you know does he does he fall off or does he take take this opportunity and run with it? Yeah. So, um, that
0: is for sure. Um, so, in terms in terms of the practice squad, obviously we brought back 14 guys who were in or around us over the summer. And then we've also brought in Sean Harlow. Yeah. And uh, I think it's Washington well, Pavilion. No, it's Willington Pavilion. With Willington Pavilion. Yep. Who is a defensive tackle who spent time last year with um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah is is there anyone there that you are disappointed they didn't manage to get back onto the practice squad?
1: Um, it's it's hard to say. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of names that we've released that you you could make a case for. again, defensively there's a lot of guys that we released that you could say, well, you know, this must have caused them a he- headache or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I think, you know, some of the guys that we've picked up um, you, I'm sorry, I'm just having a quick look for uh, what... You're looking for that, DJ Dog, are you? Yep. yep. <laughs> um uh at one point I'm seeing he's a 230 pound defensive end. Uh, mm-hmm. let's see. um no I'll I'll move on from that actually. Um it's it's interesting again you've brought you brought back um CJ Goodwin to the practice squad there's there's yeah. a spot that you're obviously you're you're running the risk of or being able to bring him up for three games, and then hopefully there's a way of getting him on the field if if he's still performing uh, well with special teams. Um, I think generally I'm quite happy with the special teams who we've picked up. There's mm-hmm. you know there's potential there. There's guys that we've liked generally. I don't know too much about the two guys that we've picked up, Harlow and. Uh, yeah. Pavilion, Um other than Pavilion was out at Rutgers, I think. So Yeah, um, Rutgers. Yep. Um uh, I'll <coughs> I'll certainly get round to having a look at them. I know I know obviously yeah. he's taking he's taking the number ninety four jersey in practice, so um that's that's asking a lot. But
0: big shoes to fill.
1: <laughs> yep. And and, and uh, as I say, there's um, or I announced on the our, our group chat this week. There's, yeah. Or t- this morning, there's there's been a load of number changes. So Jaron yeah. Curse, Jaron Curse is now number one now that uh, Yeah. Bossman Fat's out of the way. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the, there's a number of people that moved moved to Jersey numbers. So Hunter Loop is now. Uh, Ev- evoking the bill Bates um number number 40 oh, yes, so, yes uh, i
0: did see that I'm just I, I I'm looking here and I don't see anyone wearing the number 38 nope nope but I like the respect <laughs> that people have for that number <laughs> that number is is as immortal as numbers 8 22 and 74 I believe Yep. the other and twelve. Sorry, I forgot. That, 12, yeah. 12, the 12 as well. Yeah, is also immortal. Um, Joe is saying he would have given Kelvin Joseph another chance, and DJ Dog is countering that with Iggy is really fast. Team as another gunner, I think. And I, I think one or both of them said you've you've swapped one guy for another. Um, I think effectively we've swapped a special teamer for a special teamer.
1: Yeah, I think I think we have, uh, as I say from the uh, from the the talk as well, is that Kelvin Joseph is a better inside guy, which is what Miami were looking for. We were looking for coverage on the outside, boundary, yeah. and Iggy Iggy's better on that, so um yeah. that's why we necessitated the swap. So, um, I don't yeah. I, I, I don't see there's anything that, different from that. And I think, you know, I think had the trade not gone through, I think Kelvin Joseph would probably still not done enough. They, they liked Eric Scott. Um yeah. And I think Eric Scott would have been easily on there and you could have perhaps perhaps the picking up of um, or doing this trade meant that they did get rid of land. Um, yeah. Because obviously you're keeping a, keeping a roster, roster spot there.
0: So we are a week away from real football, Lauren. Yeah, this time next
1: week it will be a week. Yeah, yep. Back, back, back
0: to the old um, a boy, oh boy,
1: and oh boy.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll be talking fantasy football around about this time if Mike hasn't already finished the show. (laughs) Yep, definitely.
1: (laughs) Well, I've I've I'm already two drafts drafts in as well, so and I've got A pluses on both of my fantasy squads there. So, um, I, somehow, I, I'm tr- somehow I've managed to do it, but um.
0: yeah, I've to finish up um our Cowboys dynasty draft this week, um and I've my my home league with 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 friends from my hometown that I need to get set up as well, um. So kind of to give everyone a, a, a breakdown of what's happening. So next Thursday, Mike, Lauren, Paul, I'm sure we'll all be back for the first pre-season game. Um the following Tuesday, we will have a breakdown of Sunday night football. I will be on my travels. I will be on my holidays. And I did tell Joe that I would have some news from Joe. I'm coming to Italy for two weeks. So if you're anywhere in the north of Italy, let me know. And we might see if we can we can catch up for a beer or an espresso or we might even catch up to watch a match together. So make sure and get in touch with me about that. Um we also have a round table coming up on Saturday evening. So myself, Rich and we will be going live at about half eight here in the UK and Ireland. So that's what, that's nine o'clock or half nine. Oh, Joe is in Sicily. Joe, I'm not going to Sicily. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe maybe another time we will be we will we will we'll make it to Sicily to see you for sure. Um but we we we'd be doing a roundtable, and the topic of the roundtable this week is in terms of the um, the fact that none of our starters took meaningful snaps in this off season. And Lauren, I'd just get your thoughts on this. You know, like I can I can see both sides of the argument in terms of players not getting game time. But what are your own thoughts before we get out of here?
1: I. I, I... I think, obviously, you know, Graham and you, we had that discussion a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. briefly as well. Um, And then, obviously, we then went into the Seattle game and lost over Sean, uh, lost John Stevens Jr. as well. Um, You know, there is a concern, but then you're going to pick up injuries anyway at any point in the year. You You could have played everybody that could have come away Easily, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they could have been well-blooded and healthy going into the first week, and then two snaps in, you lose somebody to an ACL. Um, It it, it is a fine balancing line. You are seeing some teams adopt the same approach that we are. You're also seeing the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the Super Bowl champions. Um, You know, Pat Mahomes was playing in every single game this offseason. So, yeah. it it's difficult to say until you can actually correlate it and say, well, the teams that didn't play anybody finished in the bottom half of the league mm. or whatever. Yeah, um, you, you can't say that. Um, you know, having said that, I mean, things like um, seeing Trevor Lawrence going up against second string guys doesn't. All it's doing is building his confidence. It's maybe not, you know. Pr- the the legal be you know or some some of the some of the pundits will be saying that you know Trevor Lawrence is ready to light everything up this year and then you know he goes up against the first team starters and you know ball, bombs completely yeah I mean the the fact that he threw an interception to Juan Wei Tom Thomas on the first play you know yeah um, Shows that he's maybe not as as good as advertised, uh, or you know, there's still question marks about his game. Um, It it remains to be seen, but I mean, I'm quite happy that we haven't played anybody really, and we haven't really lost anybody uh, from our starting lineup, um, (laughs) and we're ready to go. So, and they'll ramp it, they'll ramp it up. This they've now got. What, ten, ten, eleven days from the cut yeah. down day, to, to prepare. Um, I'm, I'm sure they'll be ready to go come Sunday night. Um, I, so. I, I do have a
0: good counterpoint for this. Right, Tyrone well, Smith will be so, ready for week one.
1: Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> then, <laughs> t- t- touch wood. I mean, you know, this time last year we were. We had r j on and there was major consternation about the fact that Tyrone had gone down in practice, so
0: yeah, um... you know, and as you say, look, it can happen in practice, so you know there, there there's merits and demerits to both sides of this argument, but yep. we we will we will try and do justice for for all sides um on Saturday evening, but before we get out of here, Lauren, we'll do our usual shout outs um. Oh, hold on. Yeah, we have our Cowboys experience one there.
1: Yep, so obviously, if you're going to a game this off, this uh, regular season, make sure that you book up with Cowboys experience for the ultimate game tickets, uh, stadium tours, meet and greets, much, much more. Obviously, use the p- p- uh, promo code UK Cowboys and you'll get some free stuff. Get to meet guys like Micah Parsons, Zach Martin, uh, Jay Novacek, um, mm-hmm. Drew Pearson, Ed Tutol Jones.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I did speak to Barry over the off season, and I know there are going to be some very very special guests around at our um, at our event this year.
1: Yep. So obviously there's a whole load of us going across for the Thanksgiving Day game against the the Washington insert name here. Um, <laughs> So have a look at have a look at our socials. There's still time to book mm-hmm. up, and yeah. uh, we'll look forward to seeing those that are coming out. So I'll yeah. be there in my kilt for the game.
0: And we we will be trying to get a bit more information out to everybody in the coming weeks in terms of what's going to be happening on what day. Um, you know, numbers I, of people going. I out think I think there has
1: been a provisional itinerary sent to those yeah. that have already signed up. But we'll try yeah. and get that up on the socials yeah. as well for anybody who's still deliberating on it.
0: Yeah, because it is not too late to book and go, folks. There are there there will be tickets available for the game. You know, there will be places to stay. So, you know, if you're thinking about it and you're still On the fence, just do it. You're you know, you're not gonna get a chance like this until the following season, maybe. Of you know, thirty or forty of us from the UK and Ireland going out. We know the guys from Germany are coming over, we know the guys from Canada are coming down. A lot of our friends who are in and around the Dallas and Texas areas will be there at the game. So, you know, it's an international takeover. So get yourself there you will yep. not regret it
1: and but you get other that... poles rustling up a, f- a few uh merchandise as well with with the logos as well so oh yes um, we're all we're all going in uniform so we
0: we we will be suited and booted for um for the day but Folks, as we say, look, roundtable on Saturday night. Stay tuned to socials for that. Otherwise, we will be back next Thursday night at the usual time here of nine o'clock in the UK and Ireland, three o'clock on the East Coast, sorry, four o'clock on the East Coast, three o'clock Central and one, 1 on the West Coast of the States. But from me, it's a good night.
1: And it's a good night from me as well. Dallas forever, Philly for never. <laughs>
0: Yeah, nice.